welcome, welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life brought to you by GamerGoo. My name is Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, my friends, it is Thursday, January 21st, 2021. That's right, it is 1-21-21. For those of you out there, if you know, that is what's called a palindrome, my friends. You can write it the same way forward and the same way backwards. Uh, and it's going to be that way actually for the next, what? I guess till the 29th. I was kind of I was writing the date yesterday at work. I was like, wait a minute, it's it's one twenty twenty one. Yeah, oh well, yeah, you can same forward and backward. So it's gonna go all the way till the 29th. Uh, kind of just a neat little thing I think that uh, is happening, you know, here over these next couple of days. Which hey, if you don't write the date every day like I do, countless times, and you're not probably not even gonna realize it or it doesn't mean anything to you. Uh, but for me, just being the pharmacist man, we're constantly writing the date down. Uh, kind of throughout the day. So I just thought that was kind of neat just realizing that yesterday. Uh, but hopefully yesterday also you got to see some history being made. Hopefully you got a chance to watch the inauguration of the 46th president, which was, you know, just history, you know, regardless of your politics. It's always great to see that. And of course, history being made with the first female vice president. I mean, the highest female um to hold an office, I guess, the highest office held by a female. Uh, just incredible, right, to see that in our lifetime, to see not only uh, an African-American and Barack Obama having been voted years ago, to now having the first female voted as a vice president. It's history, folks. It's just just awesome uh, to see that. And we even watched last night. I don't know if many of you watched this. Um, I mean, I hope you did. Uh, but it was that celebration of America they had on TV last night. And it was kind of like this... Uh, Really just kind of celebrating uh, just everyone in America, but uh, more geared towards a lot of the things that have been happening kind of throughout the pandemic and celebrating, you know, the the healthcare workers and the teachers. I mean, how they even had like a, the, a UPS guy on there, you know, these, these people that um, have really kept America going throughout all this. And then they had um, some musical performances kind of in between. We had the Foo Fighters, who, of course, played times like these, which was just great. Uh, it was actually the same version they played on Saturday Night Live a couple months ago. Uh, Bruce Springsteen was on there, John Legend, uh, Katy Perry wrapped it up, which the fireworks show that they had over Washington last night was just the, <laughs> the craziest fireworks I've ever seen in my life. Like, it put, like, Disney fireworks to shame. Like, believe me, I love me some Disney fireworks, man. When we go, I mean, we always, you know, stay and watch the fireworks display. But the amount of fireworks that were blowing up over Washington last night were just... It was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. I, they, they basically must have took all the 4th of July fireworks that just weren't set off around the country because people weren't gathering for 4th of July, like you know the big ones that like towns and cities put on, and just blew them all off in five minutes last night in Washington, D.C. It was crazy. If you can see video of it, it's nuts. I mean, it, it started off kind of like, oh, this could be a nice little firework display, and then it just went off the rails and was just insane. Uh, but uh, it was cool to see. I mean, my kids enjoyed watching it. And, uh, you know, it was kind of that, that moment that we haven't really been able to have, I think, um, almost as a country, you know, we all kind of were able to kind of come together and kind of mourn, you know, the loss of, of people we've lost through COVID and, um, you know, kind of have it through this lens of, uh, just being Americans. It, it, I don't know. It was, um, it was pretty cool. Uh, we actually enjoyed it last night. So hopefully you got a chance to watch that. Uh, but let's move into some of the stories we have here today. And I hate to kick it off here with uh, what potentially could be a downer. And, you know, I don't always like to get into rumors here, but uh, this one, I actually am going to put a lot of stock in that I just have a feeling it's going to happen. Um, and that is that Marvel's Black Widow is expected to be delayed again. The story broke last night on comicbook.com. I woke up to it this morning. And, you know, um, they just got to put that movie out. Like, you know, the, obviously the... The situation with movie theaters here, not only in the States, but just across the, the world, if you want to say in any of the, the markets where they would be releasing this movie, um, just not up to the expectations I think that you know Disney would want. And you think about it, they're in the same boat 
that all these other studios are in where, you know, like, like Tenet, I mean, they forced it out. And, you know, that's what I wondered, like, is Tenet, and this, I mean, it's not really a, a pun, but is Tenet the tent pole for what could happen with these films where it's like they put it out in theaters and it just makes no money because nobody goes like, I, and I, I want to say that <clears throat> maybe them doing the Mulan route on Disney plus making it a premium movie, they could do that and they would still make money and they would believe me. Cause I would be paying the 30 bucks. Like we, we'd be doing that. Um, but in the same sense, we live in a world where you have like something like HBO max that has just completely disrupted all that. That's like, no, we're just putting it out for free. It's included in the service. And I almost think Disney just kind of needs to do that. I mean, it is, I feel bad, you know, for like Scarlett Johansson, like, you know, this should have been, she should have been able to have her, her red carpet moment and all that. And, and, you know, I think a lot of that is that's what they want, right? They, they need that for an MCU movie though. These movies draw that they, they almost like require that. Um, but here we are now. I mean, we're, we're already going to be going on about a year delay, right? And what potentially is going to be even longer uh, if they delay it anymore, just just get it out there. I mean, if anything, it's it's starting to disrupt the flow of the MCU. I mean, we're in WandaVision now, right? We we would have already seen this movie and have been moved on. I, I think they've been able to delay it probably because, and that should give us signs that what what is in that film doesn't really affect anything right now that's, that's happening in the MCU. Um, but, I mean, I think a lot of us were still kind of under that assumption that there was going to be um, some sort of reveal or something in there that we would see kind of moved forward and i still think potentially a villain or i i mean maybe not now but i mean i was really of the assumption that a villain in black widow was going to be in falcon and the winter soldier like i really thought we were going to see some sort of crossover there and you know get them kind of carry over to that and then ultimately see them later on down the line but now i mean hell well falcon winter soldier we're, we're talking march i think is when that was supposed to debut and to have that come out and then not have the big um, reveal of this Black Widow villain or anything like that is is just or whatever it is we're gonna see in Black Widow it just wouldn't make sense. Now that's me just kind of going off me what I thought they were going to do, and obviously you know when it comes to movies, I mean it's my 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 thought is nowhere near fact or truth. Um, but I just I don't know. So we'll see we'll see what they do. I mean personally, I just want it out as soon as I can. I mean we're we're gonna is Black Widow the new New Mutants? You know is Black Widow New Mutants now? And we're just gonna be like, when's this movie coming out? And we're here we are. We're gonna be two and a half years later and finally comes out. God, I hope not because obviously there's a lot that needs to happen in the MCU before that. Uh, but but regardless, like just put it out, man. Like put it out on. I think just putting it out on Disney Plus would be fine. Um, and if you even, I think the thirty dollar premium was a little steep. For Mulan, I think if they lowered that, even if it was ten bucks, like a, a ten dollar price, you'd have everybody and their mother jumping in there and, and going for that. Um, I think that may be the way to do it, but we'll see. We'll see what they decide to do with that. Uh, speaking of some more movie news, there was actually uh, an interview uh, recently with um, Colin Trevorrow, and uh, this was over with uh, who was this with? This was um, an interview he was doing, and. Uh, I guess the new season of Jurassic World Camp Crustaceous is coming to Netflix, and so he was doing this interview, and I also uh, started talking about Jurassic World Dominion. This is, of course, the new movie coming in the Jurassic Park series, or I'm sorry, the Jurassic World trilogy, I should say, and uh, it's kind of the end of that trilogy, and he was basically saying how this film is basically a celebration of all of the Jurassic Parks, Uh, and he goes on to say that, you know, having previous cast members, you know, kind of the, the true ensemble of the films, having Sam Neill, having Laura Dern, having Jeff Goldblum, having Chris Pratt, 
and of course Bryce Dallas Howard, so all the kind of the newer cast as well. Um, that uh, you know them kind of all being in their roles um, is important to the film, and especially bringing back those old characters. So I'm, you know, we've talked. I remember when um, the last Jurassic World came out, and Chris and I kind of talking about it, and he said, you know, he likes the movies, but he's not so into them. For me, I've said it before, like. The original Jurassic Park was such a big deal for me when I was a kid. Like, I loved that movie. Saw it in the movie theater, I think, three times. Had it on tape, you know, the first one, and watched it over and over. My parents had a, a big conversion van for a time when I was a kid. And if you're not familiar with a conversion van, it was literally just a van. And then it had, like, this little top to it. So it almost, it was just huge. And it had this this uh, big seat in the back that actually kind of folded down for beds. You could almost, like, camp in there. But the coolest thing, and, and this is me as a kid, that it was just incredible was it had a TV, it had a VCR, and yes, when we bought that thing, man, it had a Nintendo Entertainment System in it. It had an NES. So we'd go on a road trip, and I was in heaven. I was in there literally playing Nintendo. It was incredible. Like, And now at this point, this was like, God, I want to say it was maybe like 94, 95. So we were into Super Nintendo Sega Genesis at that point, but I still had you know a couple old Nintendo games. Of course, I was buying them, so we I had games to play in there. Uh, and it was great, you know, just being able to do that. But I would watch Jurassic Park like on a loop over and over and over again. So I'd seen that movie so many times. So it's just there's something about Jurassic Park that just always sticks with me. So I want to know what is it about this movie um, that is just so, so, um, such a culmination. You know, he, he says to him, you know, this has really been just a culmination of the one story that's been told, he says. So what's that one story like throughout the whole thing? Is it just the the idea of humans bringing drag or dragons, bringing uh, dinosaurs to life? Like, I want to know that, you know? Um, and, and, you know, too bad, you know, you wish Michael Crichton was still alive because he would be able to see this, you know, kind of see what people did with his idea and kind of ran with it. Because uh, that's essentially what Jurassic World has been. It's, it, uh, I think, be pretty neat. You know, Michael Crichton, of course, being the the original author of the original Jurassic Park book, uh, and Lost World. I think he wrote as well. Oh, he did. I know. He, I know he wrote Lost World too as well. Um, I think it's going to be great. It's going to be uh, pretty cool. And uh, he is mentioning, and this is kind of neat. He said, like, if kids are born today, they're going to be presented with six Jurassic Park movies. He says, you hope the parents will buy them the box set, and you hope they're going to get to feel like they watch one long story so he's trying to tie it all together he's, he's trying to do the uh, skywalker saga but instead it's the uh, the jurassic park saga um i don't know I'm, I'm pretty stoked for that movie man I, i'd love to know how many of you are actually into jurassic park do you like those films or are you just kind of thinking of them kind of as like the the popcorn you know summer blockbusters that you know many people i know kind of look at them as uh, but for me, they mean a little bit more. I think that's uh, kind of cool. Uh, we did get an interview with, uh, this was with Collider, and this was uh, Jason Isaacs on potentially playing a live-action Inquisitor in somewhat of a Star Wars series or movie. Jason Isaacs, of course, he's a talented actor. If you saw him, you would know who he is. Uh, but he is also the voice of kind of the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels. And, uh, you know, it was kind of brought up like, hey, would you want to possibly play that? And he really didn't give any details on what he could and couldn't talk about. You know, he did say that he, he's going to kind of be a little bit cagey about it because, of course, you know, anything can happen is what he said. Uh, but it was referenced how, you know, Katie Sackhoff did make the leap from playing a voice actor character in The Clone Wars in Bo-Katan. And suddenly now here she is in The Mandalorian. I would be all for a live action Inquisitor. I mean, the Inquisitors are some of the coolest characters. And, and, you know, if you haven't watched Rebels, you may not be familiar with them. If you did play Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, you get an Inquisitor in there. Um, but kind of the Grand Inquisitor is kind of the uh, the kick-ass one that had the lightsaber with the ring that kind of makes the it makes it spin. Um, 
I love it. I love to see that. I don't know where that would fit, though. I mean, I, he couldn't play that same Inquisitor based on how that story played out in Rebels. I mean, if they decided to go back to that era with with uh, an Ezra and all that kind of happening in that timeline, maybe. But I think we would need to move forward. Um, I guess, obviously, anything can happen. I mean, we have you know certain characters who have come back from the dead, obviously, and, and Darth Maul. And Boba Fett, so it is a possible thing that you, we could see that maybe if he just comes back uh, and somehow is able to be alive. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I would love to see that. I think you know, just that that look of the white face with the red um, is awesome. You know, it's, I I've never actually really dove into the creation of that character, but I you know I'm sure it really was part of that was hey. Darth Maul was a badass character, and I remember the first time I saw Darth Maul, and I know for many of you out there, it probably was just the makeup on the face and what that looked like and how sinister that looked. And that was the same thing you could get from just looking at this Inquisitor. You didn't even need to know anything about him, but the minute you saw him with the glowing eyes and just the, the white face and the red, um, you knew he was evil. You know, you knew he was bad. And so I think seeing that in a live action form would be great. It would honestly really just bring a, a great uh, villain to whatever series it is that he would be a part of. Um, so we'll see, you know, I, I hope that they're uh, able to somehow make that happen and, and make that uh, become a reality. Um, Disney Parks put out a video uh, yesterday, like a 60 second video of uh, Tom Holland. And it, uh, it's kind of this behind the scenes look at him playing Spider-Man in the new Disneyland Resort ride, uh, Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure. And this, of course, is going to be part of the Avengers campus whenever they decide to finally open that uh just open Disneyland and open Avengers Campus finally, because um, Disney right now unfortunately is uh, they they're going through some financial times. Yeah, right. You think uh, some hardships in their financial times. You think Disney, right? I mean, Disney Plus, such a big boom for them, but you know they're spending a lot of money on producing all that content for the service, and with one park straight up, or actually two parks, I guess in California not being open because um, they still have not been able to open. They're losing a lot of money every single day. I mean, in Orlando, they've laid off a lot of their workers, uh, especially like all the live shows. They've, they're done with them. So like the Lion King, uh, Celebration Lion King is just gone. It's even completely off the map. Um, a lot of people have been let go uh, kind of throughout this. And so, you know, the idea of Avenger, this uh, Spider-Man ride, when's it going to open? I don't know. I mean, even Tron, there's been rumors that Tron may not even finish on time. And Tron was in development for, gee, about a year, even before this started, you know, before the pandemic even began. So um, who knows when it's going to open. But when you watch this 60-second clip, it looks great. I mean, it's a ride where uh, riders are going to be kind of in this little cart, and you're kind of basically shooting these webs out uh, with Spider-Man kind of helping him. Um, it looks really neat. Go check it out if you want to see it. I mean, you know, one thing that's funny is, is we uh, um, have some friends that are big Disney nuts, too, kind of like us, and we don't like the rides to be spoiled. So I've never watched a Rise of the Resistance video. Even all the making of and all I've ever seen is just a real short like little trailers that they kind of put out where it's like part of things where it's like, you know, come to Disneyland Parks, blah, blah, blah. And you see, you know, I've seen the lightsaber kind of come through the ceiling real quick and that, but I've never watched like a ride along. And so like there are people out there who look at the Disney rides or I mean really any theme park ride and don't want to be spoiled just like you don't want to be spoiled for movies. And that's kind of how I am. And even our, like I said, our friends are kind of the same way. So like, it was cool watching this video, but I don't want to see too much. Like I want to experience that the first time when I go. And I've talked about it before when we went to uh, Flight of Passage and rode the Pandora, you know, over in Pandora and I uh, got to ride that ride. I mean, my mind was blown because I had really no clue what to expect. I knew, you know, what people had said, oh, it's so great. It's immersive and all that. 
Um, but I didn't know what the actual context of the ride was when you get in there and was blown away. Absolutely loved it. And so I, I mean, even, um, uh, with the, uh, uh, Falcon, the Millennium Falcon ride, like same thing. I didn't want anything to do it. I don't want to know what that was. So when I had that experience, it was fresh and it was just, you know, let me be a part of it. Let me be blown away. And that's kind of how I feel. Same thing about this ride. Like I don't want too much spoiled. So the 60 second clip, you don't get too much really in there. I mean, it's just Tom Holland kind of talking about what they're creating uh, and how he's doing the work. It's him in front of a green screen. You get a little bit of bits kind of in there is probably what the, um, some scenes you may see. Um, but, um, yeah, we we're, we're always kind of staying clear of all that. And I'm going to definitely do that with this as well. So, uh, all right, well guys, that's going to be it for me today. Remember tomorrow will be WandaVision episode three. So on tomorrow's episode, we will be breaking down episode three of WandaVision. Um, other than that, you know, hopefully you have a good rest of your day. Don't forget GamerGoo, GamerGoo for supporting the show. Big thanks to them as always. Uh, head on over to GamerGoo.com. You can check out all their products over there, all the different scents, including the latest Beach Breeze. And if you're interested in purchasing some of that, be sure to use my promo code TEL, T-E-L, and save yourself 10% off your order today. Again, go to GamerGoo.com, use my promo code TEL, T-E-L, and save yourself 10% off your order today. You can find that link down in the show notes too uh, if you're looking for some information on that. So everybody, have a good rest of your day. Enjoy WandaVision tomorrow. Again, if you uh, don't watch it tomorrow morning, be sure to avoid tomorrow's show uh, unless you want to listen to the first couple of minutes. Maybe you want to give that brief kind of overview um, because we don't want anything spoiled for you. So until then, everybody, have a great rest of your day. And until tomorrow, we'll catch you next time. Bye.